Welcome to the K Podcast. We're going to have a fun time talking about sports, a little bit about life, but ultimately just getting away from the negativity of the world. If you do want to interact with us, we do have an email, the cave in Kansas, Kansas abbreviated 15 at gmail.com, all lowercase. Caves takes it to the next level. We're going to start with a quick prayer. Dear God, thank you for this week we've had. Thank you for all the opportunities you've given us. Thank you for the people we get to interact with. I pray that you uh, use us to, to your will and that we impact other people's lives throughout this week, whether it be at work or somewhere at the grocery store. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're starting with the dad joke of the day. Alrighty, here we go. I lost my job at the bank on the very first day. This lady came up to me and asked me to check her balance. So I pushed her over. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, I would have done the same thing. You know? She asked me to check her balance. So. Yeah. Alright, icebreaker question for this week. What is the best topping for ice cream? Go. Alrighty. So I'm, if I'm getting vanilla... I might get a little caramel. Strawberries go with that stuff too. Basically, I like all the toppings. There's not a topping that I don't like. That's not the question. Can you please answer the question? What's the best topping? The best topping. I like caramel. Caramel's a good answer. Yeah. I would say chocolate shell. So good. Or a little chocolate shell or Hershey shell, whatever it is. It's not a shell. You know, you go to Dairy Queen, the cherry dip cones. Those are good. Those, Those are, are so good. good. Yeah. I mean, you could count that as a topping, I guess, the shell. It's any shell. You know, any Shell flavor. is a topping. It's on top of the ice cream. True. All right, we're going to start with the NFL. Training camp just started this last week. Let's go. And that means it's getting closer to the NFL season. This next week on Thursday night, is the Hall of Fame game, the Raiders-Jaguars. And then a week after, we start the NFL preseason week one. So, First week of pads is this week, too. This is, this is, that was the last week without an NFL game. And thank goodness. I'm, you know, until, until February, the second week of February, we're, we're set. Life Every is week. good. Every week. I will never complain again. And then, guess who's coming out on, also on the NFL? Right. A couple months after the NFL, basketball starts. It all starts at the same time. That's the thing. Like right now, there's not a lot going on. But yeah, you know, football starts, college football starts, then college basketball, then NBA. Like NHL is going to start back up soon. It's all right now. It's just basically baseball and hockey. I mean, baseball and golf. So, what do you? How do you feel about this first week of training camp? Everyone's you know excited to get back. See y'all there. Get back from uh, their OTAs, I think it was. So they, they all probably went on vacation for a couple weeks. They're all energized, ready to go. I feel like every fan base at this point is like, yeah, we got a chance. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We're going to win. Well, that's the Cowboys. That's, that's just every year. That's the Cowboys, yeah. There's a lot of QB competitions going on mm-hmm. in, the, in the league. Baker, Sam Darnold, that's one. You talk about uh, a couple other teams. It's, it's always a thing at the beginning of the year. The new, yeah, new QBs. 
new QBs testing out their thing. You know, and then you have the the rookie QBs coming back for their second year. Can they make a a leap, or are going to be stuck in the rookie phase? We'll see though. What second year quarterback is going to make the biggest leap? Can I say Trey Lance? Does that count? He didn't really play, but oh, he played a game. It it's a rookie year. Right. Yeah, it's uh, I think Four Niners are a good team. They okay. got they got a lot of the right pieces around him, and uh, a you know what I've heard he's not completely very consistent right now. But I think if he turns it around and is able to play top talent football like he can, he's a dangerous QB. Yeah, he he doesn't need a fi- he well the football you gotta be consistent. You only got seventeen games to play, but Forty Niners they're going through a lot of stuff right now with Debo, and then they got. Now the Garoppolo situation, where they want he wants to be traded, and they want to trade him. That'll be an interesting one to find out where he goes. I've heard the most likely as uh, New York Giants. You know, yeah. they, they got Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones just work out, and they won't try to win a couple games. Maybe put Jimmy G in, but he, he he's a QB. He's not going to be you know the top ten QB in the league. But he's good, great leadership and good enough to get you wins if you have the right pieces around him. Yeah. Another quarterback, I was going through Twitter, and this guy kept popping up. Baker Mayfield. Man is struggling. Not looking good right now. It all started with Odell exposing him and his dad. And now he goes to the Panthers, and it's starting to show him. Like, it's starting to bite them in the butt. Yeah, it's interesting. I know he started with the first team. Yep, first I, team. Um, we'll see next week if that's that could the same. You know, I to be fair, I don't think there's a huge gap between Baker and Sam Darnold. You know, like talent wise. So mm-hmm. I don't imagine they don't play Baker week one versus Cleveland. But if he plays bad like this continually, well, they going what are they going to do for preseason? Because they got. Baker Mayfield, uh, Sam Darnold, and then their rookie quarterback they just drafted, Matt Corral, who is supposedly also in a QB competition. And then they got P.J. Walker, which I'm assuming he he's not really part of that three. But I mean, he's, he's, a good, he's a decent QB, but he just got stuck in a situation with his three. Look, the whole the team. He's not going to be. I, he, he played well when he had the opportunities the last couple of years, but yeah. I don't think he'll make the team this year. So. Mm-hmm. I think uh, – if I'm them, I'm going to – each of them will get, you know, a quarter to start the first game. And after that, you just kind of go with what, you know, the practices and the game mm-hmm. show. I think by the week three, you'll see one QB taking the half and you know, two others taking a quarter. So, And then it, you, that'll kind of tell you what's going to happen the rest of the season. It's got to be hard to find a rhythm for, like, these quarterbacks during QB competitions. Like, for Carolina, they're going to be only playing a quarter – it's gonna be harder to find a rhythm. Like they might get two possessions. They might if yeah, they run at their tune o'clock. They'll just get one one possession. The one thing is like uh, Sam Darnold does have an upper advantage. I mean, he's played with these guys the whole year more than anybody else other than PJ Walker. So mm-hmm. does that give him advantage? I don't know. We'll see. It'll. I think preseason will say a lot. Not just about QBs, but there's a lot of positions. You know, team changes. This year, and more than ever, you know, talk about this phrase, she's been crazy. So, I'd be, it'll be interesting to see who gets what position and all that. Another quarterback that's uh, been struggling, 
Carson Wentz. He's uh, coming into training camp. He, he started throwing the ball around a little to the defense, the wrong side in the field. Yeah. And the coach was, oh, we got Carson Wentz. We're going to get him back to where he, the most valuable player for him. Nah, he's, the, the one thing I, I always thought about Carson Wentz, even when he's MVP, it didn't feel like that was him. It felt like maybe he played a little better than he actually was. And then obviously an injury doesn't help that because you get injured and that you just never you can it's a chance you're just never the same. But when you're you talk about interceptions, that has nothing to do with a leg injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's straight up. Came man went to the first day of practice and he threw a pick the first play. That's all mental. Mm-hmm. That's all mental stuff. Yeah, and that, that's something he's always struggled with. Yeah, he's gotta get over the mental part of the game, and he's he's running out of time though. He's he's running out of his chances in the NFL. This might be his last stop for a starting job. If he doesn't get this, he's gonna be a backup. Starting gonna be going backup and around the league. Yeah, because they got they got uh, Taylor Heineke, and they said they're not they're not afraid to put him in. Yeah, Taylor Taylor's not a bad bad player though. No, he's not a bad player. I mean, you, he's one of those people like Jimmy G. You can put the right pieces around him, he's still gonna win. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna help you, but he's not gonna hurt you. Yeah. Russell Wilson joins his new team, the Denver Broncos, this year. You do a lot of workout private workouts, but this is the first training camp moments we've seen of Russell Wilson. We don't get to see a lot of it. They are concealing some of their playbooks and their schemes, but you know. Man will does not want to leave. No. He wants to practice twenty four seven. Yeah, the, uh, Melvin Gordon recently went on a podcast a couple weeks ago with the Titans uh, lineman, and it was talking about how Russell Wilson literally has his own office. A, a coach is supposed to have an office, right? The QB has an office, and he does not leave. He's the last man. He's the first man there, last person to leave. And that shows a lot. I mean. He is older, so maybe he's not as good as he used to be, but it shows a lot of commitment that he wants to win. And it's a, it's such a, like, a, so, you know, like seeing it as a, a player, a teammate of his, I want to win for him, mm-hmm. not just for myself. I mean, everybody wants to win. But seeing somebody put in that work, you're like, I can't lose the game for him. Yeah, they got a couple of undrafted guys I was watching there, uh, on YouTube who are coming in with Russell Wilson around the same time and putting in extra work and – the coach seems to be happy with what Russell Wilson's doing. Make sure everyone's on the same page. He recently opened a store in, um, I think it was in Colorado, in Denver. The whole offense was there supporting him, and he does the same thing. He supports them too, and I, I think that takes that goes a long way for a team. Alrighty, so just wanna before we go to our next subject, I want to share a quick stat that I saw on Instagram from. NFL Fox, it was number in interceptions when throwing a hundred TD pass. Uh, I'll go from the bottom to the top. There's quite a few names, but uh, so John Elway with 95 interceptions, Eli Manning 75, Peyton Manning 69, Jameis Winston 68, Brett Favre 65, Drew Brees 63, Joe Montana 54, Tom Brady 53, Dan Marino 44. Philip Rivers, 43. Aaron Rodgers, 34. Then Patrick Mahomes with the least amount of interceptions but the, with the 100 touchdown pass. 
had 19. And that's that's an interesting stat to see. I mean, you talk about all-time greats on that list. Yeah. And uh, no doubt Patrick Mahomes one day could be on that list. I think that also helps. I mean, you got Travis Kelsey and Terry Kill, so he can and he can make any pass there is in the game. So you, he's he's a great QB. It'll be interesting to see this year um, if his plan changes from last year. Is he is he gonna spread the ball a lot more, or is Travis Kelsey gonna get force fed like a baby? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, another thing I I saw that I like popped out was. I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw 19 receptions only for that many touchdown passes. That's a lot of passes in the times that it went in the end zone. But another a name that popped out was Jameis Winston. It's kind of underrated, underrated quarterback, I think. I think no one, not a lot of people talk about him. You, you know, people just see that 30-30 season yeah. and just think he's not good. But you talk about that when he that was his coach's playbook. He wanted him to take deep shots. Yep. Whether open or not, they had Mike Evans, they had Chris Godwin. The whole plan was lob it up and see if they can get it. So when you talk about it, QBs, you can't just look necessarily at the stats because you have to look at the scheme. It was a very aggressive scheme. Mm-hmm. While Patrick Mahomes might be a little bit less aggressive with his playbook with Andy Reid. So. All right, we're going to move on to our next topic. We're going to be talking about college NIL deals. And just to let you know, the top paid place for Alabama. I think we guessed that. Bryce Young, their quarterback, getting paid three point two million. But next, I saw for next year's NIL deals, it's a Florida commit reported over ten million dollars, and supposedly the uh, other colleges that offered him offered him more money. I think it was Miami that he's going to. Yeah, Miami. And that's that's insane. It's kind of weird how like all the Indian IL deals just come in like it's starting small like five hundred thousand or twenty five thousand to five hundred thousand, and now they're starting to reach into millions. I mean, you look at the profit each team makes in a year. It's, well, it's wild. It's not the team paying them; it's businesses around them. Well, yeah, the sponsors. Yeah, it's not like you know, college football is a is a widely recognized top. Professional, it's not even a professional league you could call it, but it's a widely recognized league in the around the nation. So when you talk about players getting paid, a lot of teams are like, "Hey, I need to get a jump on uh, on getting this guy." Yeah. Because once they get, as soon as they get in the uh, the professional league, whether it's NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever it is, they're gonna find somebody and they're gonna get paid. So it's interesting to see. Uh, what has done to college football? Well, so here's an example: KU football, not really known for winning. They're 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 kind of garbage. Um, they went down to Texas, beat them. The guy who caught the ball in overtime got an nil deal in a couple days, a couple days later, from Applebee's. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing all these KU football players getting nil deals. You just gotta win. If you you got you got win, you're getting paid. You're gonna win. Yeah, it's a, I mean, especially there too. It's it's a it's a big moment. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about superstars, everybody each one has a, their moment. So that's why I you know he might not be the best tight end in college football by far, but big moments 
are for big pine players, mm. and they get big paychecks because of it. Yeah. Alrighty. Here's a question for the NIO deals. Has it ruined college sports? To me, it has, in a way, because um, you talk about, you know, before, like, I understood that obviously people were still getting paid before, but you're getting players going to teams that are bigger names just because they can make more money, which is not a bad thing. No shame on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably would do the same thing, given the options. But I think it was more fun to watch college football when there was 18 good teams, not five. So you talk about NIL deals. They're going to the Alabama because, you know, guess what? They're going to get a spotlight, and they're going to get paid. And I think that really ruins the sport and ruins the, you know, the enjoyment I have watching it. Yeah. There was uh, these two women basketball players who – on TikTok, pretty famous. They were actually take their money was taken from TikTok because they can't use their name, image, and likeness. And now they have this deal. They're one of the highest like uh, social media stars in college. And they went to Miami because you know Miami's got the money. I mean, we just talked about their football. They're paying a football player almost ten million. And now you're getting all these big power five schools. They're just throwing money at their face. And now it, it, I think the competition won't be as good. But now people in high school think they can go play D1 when most of the time I mean, it, it's hard to play co- in college. It's super rare too. And they want money. Their parents tell them, oh, you can, you, you can go play D1. They, instead of that, it's kind of, kind of ruined the game, honestly, for the players and just for the sport. Yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, you know, when you when you when people don't realize about college sports, and uh, D1 especially, it's a lot of commitment time. I mean, your whole, yeah, you're going to school for, you know, obviously out of high, you know, college, but it's a lot different because you're committed almost basically 24-7 to that sport, whether it's working out, eating the right way for that sport, or you know, studying film, whatever it is, you're, I mean, you're you're completely bu- booked up. If you get time to go to a class, you know, that's a miracle. So it, it's a it's hard to be a D one athlete, but I think the fact that it was before the ideals, you can talk about different teams could win every year because. You know, people wanted to go to places they liked instead of just wanted to make money, which made it more, more interesting because it wasn't. It's not going to be now. It's just the same five teams, and it's kind of sad to see. But at the same time, I, I am proud that they finally get what they deserve in a way because I I think college athletes are still basically professional athletes at that point, and they deserve to get recognized for that, but. Maybe they put limitations on it to make it a little better. Yeah, I would agree. Alrighty, we're gonna go on the next topic of the MLB: who's hot and who's not. Noah, give us who's hot. This week's edition, I'm gonna start with who's hot. Talk about the Mets: six straight wins, seven and three in their last ten, and by no small feat. You know, coming out of All Star break. We always see Pete Alonzo is on fire every year. But they're playing teams that are not easy to beat. You talk about the Padres, 
the Yankees and the Marlins. They are dominating teams who are also top in their their division in their leagues. This is a great team right now, and this is exactly what you what you want if you're about you're heading out of the All Star break. They're pulling away from the Atlanta Braves, even though it's only three games behind. They can pull ahead pretty far, so watch out for them. You know, if they continue this win streak, you might see them pulling into postseason with a with a train wreck. We're gonna go to who's not. Always sad times when I talk about who's not, but it's got to be mentioned. The Pittsburgh Pirates—they lost seven straight. Can't score. Bottom of the division. Um, you look at their—they lost to the Phillies four times and the Cubs twice and the Marlins once in the last seven. They scored five, three, two, seven, two, one, two. They just can't put get any runs across the plate. Can't win games doing that. Uh, but, you know, it's there's still a lot of season left. And, you know, watching the Pittsburgh Pirates this year, they're a team of streaks. They go on 10-game winning streaks and 10-game losing streaks. So, you know, might, they might not make the playoffs, but they can sure get back into at least not looking like the you know, the dumpster fest of the league. There, there are a lot of games right now, but... Once the All-Star break hits, it flies by. you got to figure out quickly, how are we going to put runs up? You have to. And yeah, and especially, you know, they might not be contending, but mm-hmm. All-Star, I mean, the trade deadline's coming up. If that means you have to make a trade to at least improve your team so next year you have a chance, you might as well do it. Either you're selling or you're buying. you gotta do, you got to do one. You don't, you don't want to be a team that low not moving anything. So this week, Royals recap. You can talk about a team that definitely ain't going to be moving a lot the next two, three days until the, the trade deadline comes up. Two and five this week. Not great. Um, After last week, we were what? We won the series? We won the series versus Tampa Bay for the first time in a long time. And this week, not not as hot. What what do you think about when you watching the Royals? Uh, let the young guys play. So get Whit Merrifield gone. I like Taylor, but I he has he has a lot of value right now. Um, get some of those young guys in. I feel like when they went to Toronto and they played those young uh, the guys in the farm system, there's a lot more energy on the field and like more motivated to win right now it's just we're playing for ourselves we're not playing for the team no organization I think uh, interesting point that I you know not a lot of people think about there are good players who are young that yeah maybe that they're you know they can make a difference too but you also got to think about do they fit our timeline realistically Michael A. Taylor doesn't fit our timeline because we're not going to be in you know the World Series in the, in the next two years. Yeah. So if you can get value out of him, young guys, prospects that can grow and you know possibly help build a dynasty, I think it's got to be done. And it, something's got to be changed. It just has to be. Yeah. Some Mancini's got to be gone, or because it seems like these this last week we had a lot of games that were getting that we like. There was one we lost eleven to five to Yankees. 
But if you look at the score and going in eighth inning, we're up five three. That's just management. Like you gotta manage better than that. You have game plan better. I I don't know. Maybe it was just the pitchers. Maybe it was a bad day in baseball. I something's gotta change. Or you you know you look at a guy who's in the front office. Dayton Moore. The guy, he, the pitching coach, he had, had a talk with him not too long ago. And there's been talks of him getting let go or fired. Kyle Eldred, I think his name is. And he said oh, he has a great attitude. I hope so, but he, we also need to win. All right, we're going to move on to the Royals Player of the Week. We're going to start off with our honorable mention. And then we'll go to the Player of the Week. But our honorable mention was Salvador Perez. Been back for three games and driven in seven RBIs. Dude hit two three-run home runs. We needed him. You can tell. There's a difference. There's a spark in the lineup when he's playing. But then our Royals player of the week is Brady Singer. Brady Singer, this week, with one start, was seven innings, one hit allowed, one walk, and ten strikeouts. This guy has been on a tear the last couple starts. His ERA now this year is at a 3.51. He's been pitching the lights out. Yeah, two weeks in a row, I mean, he's pitched, he's been our player of the week at two starts in a row. He has had over ten strikeouts plus. The only player... Two players with more straight uh, consecutive ten plus strikeout games this year, Sandy from the Mar- the Marlins. Sandy, yep. And Shohei Otani. Yeah, good, good competition. That's good stuff to be yep. responsible by. And I, I think you're starting to see the rise bracing. I th- I don't think there's a fluke. I mean, watching him throughout the start of the season, you could see that he was he was getting there. His he he worked on that third pitch. And he's got three solid pitches, and he's got a fourth pitch coming. Mm-hmm. So he's a lot of room to develop. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's getting there. Yeah, he's growing. I was wa- rewatching uh, his starts, his last two, where he went over ten strikeouts. From the very first pitch, he was locked in and just fired up. And we need that because sometimes I feel like the Royals just go through the motion. There's like, let's just give me the paycheck. Playing baseball, that you can tell, Singer has a passion. And he loves the game, and he every every time he gets the ball in the mound, he is gonna do what's best for the team. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast, The Cave. We want to thank everybody who's been supporting us throughout this. Uh, it's been it meant a lot of uh, to us. You know, this is uh, our eighth week of the podcast, and. Uh, had a lot of people say stuff to us and and talk about how much they like it. So we appreciate everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace.